0: Over in Geek 5 Nation. This is Geek Fives Live. Wonderful show that we do every Saturday at 8 o'clock. Uh, obviously, you already know that because you're listening. So how's everyone doing out there? We've got a great show for you. We're going to talk about the news, uh, but for the first hour, we're actually going to be talking to a very special guest that we have on tonight. Uh, an excellent writer uh, that's up everyone's alley when it comes to, you know, cartoons that all of us grew up with. Uh, his name is Ernie Altbacher. Uh, he wrote of different type of storylines for Spider-Man the A-Made series back in the 90s, Uh, Static Shock, Ben 10 Ultimate Alien, Green Lantern the A-Made series, and also part for Justice League Dark and the upcoming Teen Titans The Judas Contract. So we're very excited to have him over at Geek5Nation. Hey, Ernie, how you doing?
1: I'm doing great. Good Good to hear from you guys.
0: Dude, great to have you on. Um, let me introduce the other guys, obviously, on the show. Juwan, how's it going, man?
2: Um, it's going great. It's going great. Everyone's doing great. All right, Joel, how you How you doing?
3: I'm good, man. I'm
2: just excited to talk to Ernie.
0: Absolutely. Let's get <laughs> oh, down to that. So, Ernie, I just want to let you know that I'm a huge fan of your work. Um, you know, some of the stuff that you've done in the past, I wanted to ask you uh, specifically, uh, you worked on Spider-Man, the Animated series. series. Um, I watched the whole thing. <laughs> back when I was younger. I was born in 85, so that was like prime time when I was a little kid. Um, What episodes in particular or or story arcs did you work on?
1: Um, You know, that was my first job, and it was a great introduction. Um, Yeah. Heck, you know, um, I am – I worked on the Secret Wars storyline, um, nice, and uh, so I was I was staff writer for the last season of it. And what staff writers do is kind of whatever the story editor slash producer, who was John Semper, is a great great writer, and uh, I, I owe him a lot for really leveling me up and, and teaching me so much. Um, it's whatever he wants us to do. So we sometimes had to work on scripts, and we didn't really know what the script was. It was just like we need the scene kind of redone this way. And so you're, you're kind of hands sometimes. And in, in that job, it kind of went that way. So, you know, I, I was just happy to be in the office and working on Spider-Man. And, uh, God, it was such a great job because we just have to go in twice a week. And uh, Mr. Semper would buy us lunch and we would be talking about what would the rhino talk about with Doc Octopus, you know, like he's a scientist, and the rhino, yeah. he's kind of dumb, you know, where are they going to get together? <laughs> so it's just kind of a blur, but it was great, you know.
0: Oh, that's awesome. And I, I, I remember the Secret Wars episode. Actually, I watched it off of Hulu not too long ago, uh, a lot of it. But um, that, I noticed, was uh, pretty accurate um, towards the source material, as, as, as far as you guys could do, you know, with the animated series in that direction. I was going to ask you about, just if you could give me any type of information with uh, Teen Titans, A Judas Contract, how close of an adaptation are you guys from the actual Marv Wolfman, uh, George Perez classic? Uh, is it more so like kind of like how Justice League War and uh, – the um, Tower of Babel were kind of similar but very different, or are you guys going for a more approach to the comics?
1: Well, I can't talk too much about that since it's not out. I understand. But I can tell you it's, it's as faithful as we could make it because everybody loves the source material. But there is a continuity that started with Justice League War and – uh, so there's differences right off the bat. You probably saw from the trailer that Cyborg's not in it because he's on the Justice League proper, right? And Blue Beetle has taken his place. And Robin is Damian Wayne, right? And Nightwing already exists. So in the Judas contract, that was when he came in was in the third or fourth comic of that, right? And the other thing with adaptations, um, and why everybody kind of gets down, it's like, it's different, is that usually there's too much source material. Like, there's no possible way that in 75 or 80 minutes you can get in all the stuff that's in four or five. In, in this case, it was like a double issue in three comics. So it's like five comics. You're talking about a, a lot of pages and a lot of stuff. So changes had to be made, but we were as faithful as we could be to the great source material.
0: Awesome answer for what you can say. Uh, And the funny thing is, uh, all of us were talking about that subject in our uh, uh, pre-meetup before the show of just, I think, and I've always said this, that if you have to adapt based on uh, original source material, you should be able to use liberties in order to tell your story, based on, you know, a lot of these, like, even with yours, is a part of a, uh, a universe that's going forward. Um, so if you can't have Civil War exactly like Civil War, for example, or what you're saying, basically, with that, that should be okay, you know, it should be more of the approach of the actual story itself. Um, but, you know, us comic well, fans, you included, what, uh, what were you going to say? I'm sorry, sir.
1: Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. Think think about what Civil War, I mean, that thing was across so many different comic runs. There's no way to jam that into even a a two-and-a-half-hour movie. You know, so you take the iconic great stuff, but in losing some of that other stuff, you're going to have to make up new stuff. And so it will be different.
0: Absolutely, and it it should be different. Well, before I pass it to Joel, because we all want to ask you questions, Um, I had... I wanted to get as uh, John Schnepp would say, super sweaty with you for a second. Um, I got a question, <laughs> oh, wow.
2: just, just
0: an idea. Um, basically, I've noticed that with y'all's, with your universe and what you did with Justice League Dark, with using Matt Ryan as Constantine, the idea of what animation can do as far as having crossovers between someone like what recently happened with the Adam West Robin and stuff like that. Y'all's New 52 universe. The past one, uh, you got the CW shows with a lot of actors. One of my favorite stories what I'm trying to get at is Christ on Infinite Earth. And if you were to adapt that, you couldn't do it exactly like that. But is there any possibility or have been any talking of trying to do like a crossover between different teams, even if it be like the Bruce Timm era Justice League with y'alls or, or something like that, maybe crisis related? I know that this is super duper nerdy, but I had to ask it since I had you on the show.
1: Well, uh, they already made a Crisis on Two Earth Uh, DVD, which uh, was really good.
0: Well, I wasn't referring to Crisis on Two Earth. uh, uh, Basically, it was a crossover between the multiple uh, Earths within the DC universe. Um, It's kind of a multiverse with animated and movie stuff, too, obviously.
1: Ah, well, you are asking, like, the... Low man on the totem pole, a, a question that's up in the ether. You know, I, I have no idea how they decide. Okay. Like, what, what's going to happen? You know, with with those type of things, and who they use here, and in an animated movie versus who they use in in a in a feature live action film, you know, I, I, I'm yeah. sorry to disappoint you. I just got nothing on that.
0: Hey, I knew my question was really big and kind of ridiculous, but I was just going to ask it anyways. Even like I was thinking of Stephen Amell playing the green arrow in one of uh, your animated movies, you know, in the future when you introduce him uh, something to that realm, but uh, I'll pass it to you all. Oh, they, and, they would uh, go
1: for that. You know what? They, they would, they would definitely want to do that. It, it all, you know, is,
0: like, scheduling. can it
1: happen between the shows and the scheduling and, and, and stuff like that? So, yeah, yeah.
0: All right. Well, I appreciate you, uh, at least for me so far, answering my questions. and Just being out with us, this is really awesome. I'm totally geeking out right now. I'm sure Joel is too. So I'll, I'll pass <laughs> it over to him.
3: Yeah, I'm right. super sweating, guys. I'm super sweating. um. There were some good answers there, especially your uh, your Judas contract answer. I thought that was very well done considering I got just enough information. I really don't need to know much else until the movie comes out. Um, and it's good to know. It's, it's exactly what I figured it was, but now you've definitely solidified it. Um, but my question is more related towards Green Lantern. I know you worked on Green Lantern, the animated series, so and, and I really enjoyed that show. I felt it was very underrated and canceled too early. I was just curious, do you have any idea where the show was going before it was uh, canceled?
1: Well, um, you know, there, there was just a lot of stuff that was being set up, but uh, I think it would have gone into um, – the war against the yellow lanterns at, as a stepping stone to maybe blackest night, you know, uh, but, uh, but again, you know, I was staff writer on that. So higher ups than me would, would have decided the arc that we take and then it would have been, you know, I would have been one of the people trying to execute that vision.
3: Good answer. That was a great answer. And then, I mean, that's how I figured it was going to go. But I just was curious because I always felt like that show was just—it was wrongfully canceled, just like Young Justice. But obviously, that's coming back hopefully. So um, that was my biggest, my biggest thing. Um okay, I do have one other question about um, the Spider-Man: and the anime. You said you worked on the Secret Wars arc, right? It's very snippet. Uh, but I was
1: the Secret Wars and the oh, what's it called? The Secrets of the Six. You know, I know yes. I did some scenes. Yeah, uh, on that, um, it, it was a, whatever was in the last year. I'm sorry, it was a, a bit ago. It was one twenty years ago. Wow. Um, so, so yeah.
3: No, I get it. Yeah, definitely. It's it's. I, I yeah. It's, it's, one of my favorites uh, the whole series is great but yeah i I do remember specifically the secret war episode where he brought in i I believe that's the one uh, he brought in he got to choose which heroes he wanted to work with right
1: oh man i want to say it was doom and and the beyonder doom and and the beyonder were, were involved in it and uh you know i wasn't the only person who who uh who wrote on that um, as I said sometimes with the staff, we had a, a staff which uh, sometimes a staff means there's three or four people in the room and we're just right. passing scenes around and I'm writing law, the first act, someone's writing the second act, another person's writing the third act and John Semper is going to do a pass on in the end to, because he knows the episode before after it to, right. to make everything go correctly, right? And in other times with a staff, you're assigned individual, uh, scripts. So it's a bit harder for me to point that something. And I was just really happy to, you know, have my first job in, in animation writing. for that. No,
3: that's really cool. I can't even, right, we got one more question. One more question. Um, sure. justice league dark. Uh, we, we saw it. And we loved it. um, well, where did you get what, what influenced the story for Justice League Dark? Do you have an idea?
1: Oh sure. Um, well, obviously the uh, the comic book uh, influenced it. Uh, it's uh, Milligan and Lemire, you know, and and I kind of enjoyed that. Uh, but they wanted to do a brand new story, so J.M. uh wrote a story and I wrote a story, and then they kind of got put together, and then I wrote the script for that. Um, and they, they just decided, uh, you know, uh, for, from some of the good ideas that came out of the room, with uh, Mike Carlin as the DC rep who, who oversees all of these superhero long-form movies and many other things and James Tucker is the supervising producer on uh, this continuity and, um, and so we, we kind of tried to tell the, the story that balanced everything out that could do a good introduction to the world and also tell a compelling story and have great action and, and uh, fun in it
3: that was good. That was great. I actually believe that was one of the better animated movies that they've done recently, especially, and the story was great. I, I can't even, I can't argue about it. So I was very happy
1: with what I saw,
3: but yeah, I'm done with my questions. I guess we can move on to Joan.
1: Oh, you know what? I do want to get one more thing. I, I didn't say his name. I, I can't believe I didn't, but uh, Jay Oliva directed okay.
3: that. Yeah.
1: And boy, oh boy, I, I wanted to work with Jay and He just did such an awesome job. I mean, the script that went in, you know, I wrote out action sequences and I tried my best to do how, you know, the the best ones that I could to think up some good magical battle stuff. And then Jay Oliva just took certain points of that and made it so much better. He was just the wizard of. Magical battles, uh, and uh, I was just uh, I was just astonished, you know. Where I was like, Yeah, I'm a damn to make me look pretty good here, you know. <laughs> like, <Yeah>. that Felix <laughs> Faust battle, that Felix Faust battle is fantastic. It has ebbs and flows of the battle. It is just great. I was I was psyched for you guys to watch it. <laughs> you know, I'm a I'm a huge. Fan. I love
0: watching it. Definitely love yes. watching. He's I love the the Dark Knight uh, returns that he did. Uh, I mean he's he's every one of his movies that he's done or been a part of have been gold. So yeah, I didn't even realize that makes sense though. Uh,
4: and we just found out know, those, those, are,
1: those are my favorite also. Uh, they're in my top five: the two Dark Knights, Flashpoint, uh, First, yeah. mm-hmm. by yep. by my uh, great friend Jim Krieg, who is just awesome. And uh, he does a lot of these, too. And uh, maybe All-Star Superman by Dwayne McDuffie. Um,
4: mm-hmm.
1: the, you know, the, but there's so many good ones. And uh, Jay Oliva and Sam Liu are the two that I've worked with. Sam going to be uh, – he has directed um, Teen Titans, The Judas Contract, and uh, I think he did a great job.
0: Awesome. You, you you mentioned Dwayne McDuffie. Uh, Ernie, uh, you, you worked on Static Shop. Did you actually get a chance to work with him at all? I don't even know how much he committed to the project for the animated project. I assume he did.
1: Oh, yeah. He was in charge of it. I mean, oh, well, he was one yeah. of the people in charge of it. He story edited it, uh, produced it, too, I think. Uh, and, of course, you know, thought the whole thing up and wrote the comic with, with his – co-workers, co-writers, whoever they were. I'm, you know, I'm sure they're awesome. I just don't know their, their names. But, um, uh, yeah, I got to, I, again, Jim Creek, who I owe most of my career to, uh, along with, with Semper. He got me into the room, and so I co-wrote on two of those. Uh, oh, God, John Semper actually brought me in for, for that, uh, for, for Static Shock. And then for Ben 10, uh, I actually got to see Dwayne work in the room, you know. But mostly, I was kind of useless, you know. I just like let let uh, let the you know let him do his thing, and he he would just figure out stuff. He was brilliant at breaking a story. Uh, it, it was great, even for my very very limited. Um, contact with him it was it was really great working with him and uh yeah it's a shame that he's not around
0: absolutely great creator uh between milestone and static and then uh, Justice League unlimited just ridiculous creator
2: um i'll pass you on now um yes uh okay so my biggest question is from justice league dark um writing that because like Joelle said before, we loved it so much. Like I told you before, we actually got to go experience it with the cast and crew. Um, My biggest question that I wanted to ask was, did you find it difficult having to um, incorporate the actual Justice League members in a story that was so heavily uh, influenced and surrounded by the Justice League dark uh, team, or was it, Fun being able to work, even in that small capacity, with the Justice League. Um, was that more exciting to you, or would you have preferred just the Justice League dark characters?
1: Well, you know, here's something that's you know <laughs> going to break some news that I that I think it can break. But when we decided on doing a new story, we went through all the progressions. We went through a story where the Justice League was really involved we went through a story where the justice league practically wasn't in it at all. And then we settled kind of on the bookends of the justice league with Batman throughout. And as for me, since it was my first, um, my first superhero long form, I was, I would. I don't know if I'm going to get another one, right? This might be the, my only one, but I'm psyched because Hellblazer is one of my favorite comic books. So I get John to write John Constantine. Um, that was another thing. It was like, should we <laughs> say the correct name? Or, you know, everybody knows the Keanu Reeves movie is Constantine. Everybody calls him Constantine. You know, so we went through all of the stuff that people sometimes mention, you know, like they don't even know his name. But, um <laughs> So as far as I was concerned, I'm like, this might be my only one. Boy, do I want to write some Batman. I am in. Uh, if you guys want the one where Batman has to go with the team, I am in. And can we put in, the, you know, some Justice League in the in the fight? You know, in, in the beginning, we kind of knew we wanted those beginning creepy scenes and then to introduce uh, John Constantine. So, Um, but yeah, we went through all the different progressions and then we kind of decided on that. And for me, that was perfect because I wanted to write Batman bad, (laughs) you know?
2: Yeah. Yeah. No, I can definitely understand as um, a huge Batman fan, uh, uh, the desire to want to uh, see as much Batman as possible. Uh, My second question is how much, Freedom did Jay give you on this project to just do what you know, like full confidence. I know you're going to create something great. Here's maybe a couple of guidelines, but just you know, go do what you do best. Did he give you that much freedom, or was it kind of like you have to work within these parameters?
1: Well, I'm more in the room with uh, James Tucker, Mike Carlin, from you know from DC. James Tucker is a supervising producer, and Alan Burnett the great Alan Burnett, who, if you mm-hmm. want to look up his IMDb on uh, what he's written, one of the things you probably know is Mask of the Phantasm, one that got a theatrical, yep. really. Yep. So um, he kind of oversees the writing of many of these long-form projects, right? So I mostly go with him, but that Troika, that Triumvirate, they gave me a lot of latitude to pitch them, an original story with also uh, bits that they wanted from uh, J.M. DeMattis' outline to, to be in it also. And it was kind of an amalgam of that. And, and then they were just like, okay, you know, uh, go and write this script. And, uh, and then we'll throw rocks at it. And there's draft and draft, you know, draft after draft of the script refining it going man we might need an origin story for that guy because it's not coming through in this draft we really got to you know pump that up and uh eh, people people kind of get uh you know people kind of get dead man's powers we don't have to have him say something about like what he gets to do you know because we'll just show it stuff like that but i guess the uh the short answer is yeah, there's a, lot, there's a lot of freedom, a lot of creativity that they give you, enough to hang yourself with, I guess. Right. Nice.
2: <laughs> uh, okay, so my other question is, uh, I have just two more questions, so I guess my third question would be, in that writer's room that you said you're in there with all those guys, James Tucker and all those guys, how uh, how can I put this, how is it, like, very stressful, and is it kind of like, I, I don't want to say scary but kind of does it kind of wreck your nerves a little bit or intimidating being in the room with all those guys having to create um the stories as as you've done
1: well I'll tell you what the first time yeah I was I was a little bit nervous because I go in with a story that they haven't heard and I was going to pitch it and um, if it's terrible they may just get another guy or they're going to just pound it to bits, you know, but, um, they just added so much to it. And, uh, it was, it was really a great experience. So after that, it, it was, it it wasn't scary at all. I I look forward to it.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I, I know from someone who's just starting to get into, uh, doing writing, how, um, terrified I'd be being in a room like that. Okay, so my last question is you have such a great body of work. Um, Out of everything you've done so far, what has been, if you had to pick, your most favorite um, show that you've worked on? Oh,
1: man, you're like Sophie's Choice in me. (laughs) (laughs) I I kind (laughs) of like them all. I mean, shows? Um, I gotta put Spider-Man and Green Lantern up at the uh, up at the very top there. Um, and uh, and as as far as you know, these last two projects, the Justice League Dark and Teen Titans Judas Contract, they were some of the best experiences of of my life to, to be able to to do that. You know, but. Um, then there's a oh, uh, well, Justice League action was so fun, too. I didn't get to do oh. as many as I wanted because, um, let's see, I was doing Scooby-Doo in the WWE, and then Alan <laughs> was like, you, you want to yeah. try one of these Justice League actions? And I was like, Heck, yeah, I want to try one of those. And so I did an early one, and they're like, yeah, all right, we're going to give you a bunch more. But then they were like, nope, we need Young Justice League Dark. And I'm like, okay, but after that, more Justice League action because the <laughs> scripts on that show, they like, Paul Dini is on there, you know, and, and just great writers. So I wanted to be on that. But then, like, two, I don't know, two, two or four weeks after, uh, I pitched a bunch of ideas for Justice League action, and they're like, would you like to do Teen Titans? the Judas (laughs) contract. And I'm like, what? I, you know, so so I only got to do, I only got to do like three of them, you know, like, but uh, I wanted to like really jam on those. Um, It's such a fun show. If you guys aren't watching, it's, it's really, I think it's something special. Jim Creek's the supervising writing producer on that, you know, story editor, producer, um, and I think it's turning out fantastic.
2: I'm a fan. I watch yeah. it now.
3: It's really, I really Yeah, like it.
2: absolutely. Joel got me into um, watching them, and I'm a huge fan also. I-, I guess the very last thing before I pass it back to Dane, um, you saying that you've done writing for Justice League Action, I have to ask this. Have you met uh, Mark Hamill? You know,
1: uh, I haven't done – a Joker for this show, but I met, I met Mark Hamill in a, com, in a Comic-Con environment, you know, at kind of like a mixer. Uh, and he was really nice, man. He, 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 did the Joker voice and everything. It was years and years ago when people <laughs> didn't know, know that he That's did the awesome. Joker. It was whatever the first show that he did the Joker on. Was that Batman, the animated series or was it something yeah. later? But like, like people, didn't know that much uh, uh, about the, that time about like, how good he is at doing voices. Like He told me a story that his sister didn't believe, so he had to do the voice on the phone while he was talking with her. He's like, you're, you're not the joker. You
2: know? <laughs> so <the kid> was <laughs> it. That is so awesome. Mark Hamill is, I, I think, I, I don't. Even, I can't even think of someone I could say that's better the Mark Hamill doing these voiceovers. He just has such a knack for it, and he has such an amazing range. I yeah. he's doing. Uh, I didn't know he was doing skips on the regular show. Um, the guy just has so much range.
3: He's actually the voice of Swamp Thing on Justice League Action too. I did so, so does amazing. he do?
1: Does he do the Joker on on Justice League Action also? Because as I said, yes, I haven't yes. written one of those. I don't know. Oh, so he does both of those. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, wow, I didn't even um, pick up that it was him. I just saw that Swamp Thing episode a couple of weeks ago, right?
2: Yeah. Yeah, and it
1: was him. Wow. That's a good
0: That's a good yep. segue. Uh, Ernie, um, I had a question um, to ask you uh, based on what we just talked about. Small spoiler, probably nothing big, uh, but Justice League Dark, it's well-received. I'm assuming that we'll see a sequel or see these characters in the future, even though it kind of had the characters disbanding at the end. Can you tell me at all what exactly is going on with Swamp Thing, like, or can you describe <laughs> oh, any of that well, information?
1: Yeah, I can because James Tucker already tweeted out Swamp Thing is alive. Okay. Yeah. So, so there you go. Minds at ease, everyone. Um, <laughs> so you yeah. know the. Boy, Jay Oliva and James—they love Swamp Things so much, um, you know. And all I can tell you is that uh, that all of the all of the great graphic novels and the characters—like, why isn't there a movie about this? It's always discussed, you know. It's not like yeah, it's it's not their fault that there isn't a movie. It's just like. How many of these did they do a year? It was only three. Now I think it might be four. Um, so as they do more and more, I think you're going to see it's going gonna, it's gonna to go past the boundaries uh, of Batman and Justice League ones. And certainly it did with the assault on Arkham. It, they did the throne of Atlantis, so we got some Aquaman in there. You know, uh, they haven't done a Green Lantern in a while. I'm hoping they do. You know, I'd love to do a Green Lantern. Uh, but uh, you never quite know what's going to next come out on the docket. And then Bruce Tim does very interesting projects. Uh, Krieg actually wrote the the Harley um, uh, thing, you know, uh, Batman and Harley, which is coming out. Yeah.
0: That's nuts. Uh, no, Did you get to see, by any chance, Matt Ryan do any of the voicing at the booth, or, or meet him at least, during the filming of that?
1: I, I did get to see him do the voicing. It was, it was fantastic. He's a, he's a great guy.
0: That's awesome. I'm sure that he was really getting into it uh, physically while he was doing it, much like Mark Hamill is supposed to uh, when he does a joke.
2: I was actually wondering this, because um, you said it earlier. You being uh, such a huge fan of Batman, um, has there been any talks as far as maybe from your end of um, a future Batman project? Because we know Batman has this whole solo thing going on within this new universe. Has there been any Mm -hmm. talks of you to write a future Batman project for a solo? You mean like live action? No, no, no. As far as the animator world, like in the animator world, we had son of Batman, Batman vs. Robin, Batman, bad blood. If they did another one, has there been, you know, have you kind of said like, there's another one. I'd like to have my name on writing that. Oh, well, if,
1: if I was able to do like a solo Batman project, I would, I would take that chance, you know? Um, as I said, first they have to have meetings about which ones they're going to make, you know, whether they'll be originals or adaptations of the great comic runs, the graphic novels that are out there. And then it's all a matter of them assigning and asking which writer are they going to get, you know, and is that person available at that time. But uh, I'll tell you what, if uh, Warner Brothers Animation – calls I I pick up that call you know because I I really like doing these long forms
2: Absolutely I, don't blame I you at can all. understand Exactly <laughs> Exactly it's a dream come true to work uh to work with those uh group of people Hey I am looking at this cast
0: guys. Yeah no 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 I, I I just I'm looking at this cast for uh the Judas contract, like this is ridiculous. You guys have Christina Ricci playing Tara, you know, uh, Tisa Formiga for playing Raven, like even Kevin Smith's making a cameo. It must be pretty exciting uh, writing material for actors of that caliber and also obviously some of the voice actors themselves, well, I would assume, right?
1: Oh, it's fantastic. And, you know, you you really got to drill down um, I mean, a lot of times we don't know. We don't know who who they're going to get. If the person is an established figure, like you think, oh, Jason O'Mar is probably going to be Batman in this, right? So, I'm like, all right, I got to make my Batman lines really tight, you know, because I, I I like him. I watched like Terra Nova, and I watched Marvel Agents of Shield, and. You know, even that, that doctor one that he was in, you know, with the gang members. Like, I, I, I like his act. I like his characters. Uh, but for some of the smaller ones, you never know who's going to pop up. And, you know, like, I didn't know Alfred Molina was going to be Destiny. And if I That's did, awesome. I think I would have been like, can we blow out some destiny scenes, you know, and like have a talk more and stuff like that? I would, I would have been like, let's get some more Molina in there.
0: <laughs> uh, I completely understand that. I just, that, that's gotta be cool. You know, it's all, all, this is geeking out of concept of us trying to live vicariously through you telling us all this type of stuff, basically, because, yeah, I mean, Rosiero Dawson played Wonder Woman in the last script you're involved with. I mean, these are some big-time actors of our time, so that's so cool. Uh, definitely have an amazing body of work. Uh, I guess now we'll move on to some of the news. Um, would you like to join us for, like, a little while and talking about some of the stuff? Yeah, sure. Great. We'll add you to the lineup then, Ernie. So basically, the the way that we've worked it out is um, I'll go over to and open up a a subject, and then I'll pass it to whoever, and then once they're done, you know, keep on going until we're around the circle. I I don't think I had to explain that, guys, but uh, oh well. We'll just keep on going with this whole (laughs) entire thing. Uh, The first um, subject I definitely wanted to get started on, uh, just because I'm extremely excited about this, Uh, a little movie called Logan is coming out soon um we're gonna be seeing it within the next like what i think two weeks and early reviews are are just outrageous uh people are very very happy about this movie critics a lot of the people online that i listen to very happy all i'm hearing is good things uh talking about like if this was near oscar seasons how how good of a performance hugh jackman is and very, I've heard Hell or High Water. I've heard it compared to um, No Country for Old Men. Like, this, this is pretty incredible coming from Fox, especially a company that a lot of people like to get onto uh, about, you know, and it's, it's equally understandable, uh, them meddling in on projects in the past. But, you know, we, we look at Days of Future Past and how that turned out. Uh, we look at Deadpool. Um, even Apocalypse too, in, in, in certain sense, like certain parts of that. Um, and going forward, I definitely have a, a lot more faith, if I should say, in Fox, but, um, well, I'll go to you first, Ernie. Uh, what, are you looking forward to seeing Logan? Um, what are your expectations and do you think that it's going to do really well in the theaters?
1: I think, yes, it's going to do well in the theaters and I can't wait for this movie. I mean, like, I didn't know anything about it and, uh, I was like, oh, old Wolverine. This is like it kind of reminded me a little bit of uh, the Dark Knight Returns, you know. I'm like, oh, they did a story like that, you know. Let's let's see what happens here, but it's just like the acting and with Patrick Stewart, you know, uh, he's he's really old too. It looks to be like some I don't know d- d- dementia or tremens of uh, uh, tremors happening, and uh, with the little kid. And, but as soon as they got that version of the trailer with Johnny Cash, I'm like, oh, you can't stop me from going to spend my money on this thing. <laughs> All trailers should be done with Johnny Cash songs behind them.
0: Absolutely. Um, uh, Joel, how do you feel about these uh, reviews so far? Well, they're fantastic. I've never
3: seen so many great headlines for a Wolverine movie. I mean, it, it, it's, it's awesome. I'm <laughs> I'm, I'm a huge Wolverine fan. He's like he's one of my favorite superheroes. To see him finally get the respect the character deserves, and Hugh Jackman, who stuck with it for so long, deserves. It's well, it's about time, is what I'm saying. Fox has woken up, and I'm super excited about Logan, and I can't wait to see it. At this point, all these reviews are just make. Now I'm, I'm sitting here salivating, wanting to watch it more, and it's like I gotta wait two weeks. Sucks.
0: Yeah, and you know that means that they're confident when they have the premiere and let the uh, the band lift for uh, the press to actually make reviews on it this far out from the movie. So I'm extremely excited about it, Jawan. How do you feel?
2: Um, I'm trying. I'm trying every possible way to see this movie before the two weeks. I, I can't wait. Um, <laughs> it just so much about it. Just. And what we discussed this a few weeks ago. What I love about what I've seen from the trailer is that if you've never heard of X-Men or Wolverine, it doesn't scream superhero movies. That's what makes it so special, is that it could literally cater to both both sides, people who have never maybe heard of Wolverine, who might get that hell or high wood or feel from it, who might even think it's a Western. Um, and then the other half that are diehard X-Men and Logan fans like we are, that have been waiting for this moment, this kind of film. So I think it's being able to capture both sides of it. And it's just so beautiful that we finally have this type of Wolverine movie.
0: Yeah, I completely agree with you. All right, the next question involving this this movie is already doing, it's already getting built up. Um, I think they're projecting at 80 million opening weekend. I think it's going to make more than that. I wouldn't be surprised if it makes one hundred twenty. Uh, if not more, I think, I think Deadpool, if I'm not mistaken, made 150 opening weekend. Actually, that might've been more than that too. I wish I had, but, um, the question is, <laughs> Hugh Jackman has said, this is his last movie, uh, based on Ryan Reynolds, uh, little things that he's been saying. And if this movie's successful, and also James Manicle, the director of Logan, and also Walk the Line, obviously in 310 to Yuma. Um, he stated that he would love to do a movie with X-23. Now, as as far as we know, X-23 could die in this movie, and he could just be saying that, uh, you know, not based off of anything. But my question is to you guys, will Hugh Jackman be back as Wolverine in some way, shape, or form after this movie? Let me start with you, Ernie, again.
1: Man, I I don't know. I would love it. You know, I was bummed when he said that ah, because he's the perfect guy for Wolverine. But um, he might just look for, you know, different creative challenges. Um, but then if they offer him a big enough pile of money, he might do it. You know, like I, I, I just don't, I don't know. I kind of take him at his word. I think this might be the last one.
0: Yeah, and, I mean, that that might inevitably happen. Uh, Joel, how about you? What do you think? I, I want to take him at his
3: word, you know, that this is his last one. But, as you know, I don't want it to be his last one. I do want to see him do one more time with Deadpool, and that's how it should go out. But you know what? If this
0: movie is as good as it is, maybe it is, maybe it's better that way.
3: And, you know, it is what it is.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's understandable, too. And I wouldn't mind. See, I really, if, if we're not going to get Hugh Jackman back, I'd love to get this X-23 character involved in what's going on going forward instead of just keeping her in the dark. But uh, who knows what's going to happen. Juwan, how do you feel? Do you think that Hugh Jackman will be around past
2: Logan? Um, I'll say this. It depends. If we hear that they recasted, Um, Wolverine or that he will be – or they'll be going with X-23, then no. I think what we'll see in maybe Deadpool 2 is a Hugh Jackman cameo as Hugh Jackman. It won't be him as Wolverine. It'll be him as as actual Hugh Jackman. Uh, Like Ernie said, you kind of have to take a guy like that at his word. It wasn't like he said he's tired of playing this guy. He's just physically – getting to the point to where it's just way too much. To be that ripped and that jacked um, at the age that he's getting at uh, is just way too much for him. So, I mean, I take him at his word, because honestly, he said if he could keep doing it, he would keep doing it. So I kind of believe him, but I will say it depends. If um, we don't, this new X-Men movie that Sophia Turner mentioned that was coming out, if we hear X-23 is going to be in it, or um, they're recasting, then no. We'll see who Jackman in is just as himself in a Deadpool movie. But if we don't hear any casting rumors or changes, then yeah, absolutely. Wolverine will be in Deadpool too. So I that's mean, what I'm I wondering. Can
1: actually, I can actually see that. If, if there's a new X-Men uh, adventure in the continuity, I think it's going to be X-23. But if they can think up a good enough story and have a great script where Deadpool has to look up Wolverine for some reason and they go out on a buddy comedy superhero movie, I think he might do that. As long as he doesn't have to be like ripped. He's like broken down. It's like, stop bothering me, Deadpool. I think maybe then, you know, but I don't think he wants to be the standard team up where, you know, like a big bad comes and is busting up the city and he's one of the team that has to attack that guy. I think that part is over for him.
2: Yeah.
0: No, and, um, hey, Ernie, if you want to steal this idea, you can completely do that. I think they should do a movie called Deadpool and Wolverine versus the Savage Land. And that's all it is. The two of them just get dropped in there and it's hijinks based on that. Maybe they get like, uh, Andrew Garfield to play, Phantom X or something like that to throw a little bit of flavor in there. But um, I'm just kidding.
1: Consider it stolen.
0: Okay, great, great. Well, just give me some type of credit, something like that, you know. Shout out, if you will, a tweet. But anyways, um, let's keep on going with this news. Uh, you guys talked about it um, already. Uh, let's talk about this, this quote that Sophie Turner says. Basically, she says that new XM movies... Are set the film soon. So this, this going forward movie with the X-Men universe is actually going to be real and apparent. Um, obviously, she's staying around for Jean Grey. They're going to be doing the uh, Dark Phoenix saga. Um, I'm just hoping that within this, and I've said this a lot, there's something that happens, maybe her as Phoenix, maybe she sacrificed herself like she does in the comics, but when she does that, she causes the universe to go forward and it kind of makes all the continuity come Back into one Because I know that Fox's theme is Continuity, schmottinuity It's actually on the board That Brian Singer and a bunch of other directors have seen But I would like them to have a cohesive universe uh, You know If they're going to actually keep on going with these characters I mean they already picked They play a great Cyclops They picked a great Gene uh, Grey I like a lot of the kids I like um, uh, the actor that plays uh, Professor X I can't remember what his name is right now I don't know how Um but uh, either way what do you, How do you feel about Thank you James McAvoy How did I forget that Anyways um, Marty, hmm. how, how do you feel about this universe Based off the apocalypse movie Going forward And how are they or, or do you think they're not going to at all Going to get like Deadpool's timeline And their timeline all synced
1: up Boy oh boy I, I would,
4: I would only be
1: guessing, man. I would only be guessing, but you know what? I, I figured that they got some great writers on it. And sometimes you just have that idea where it's like, Oh my God, if we do that, everything works. And all of these, you know, nitpicks will go away. Um, so that's what I'm hoping for. But, uh, I haven't the slightest idea what they're going to do. <laughs> I'll just wait, wait around for the movie. I do have a side question though from, from earlier. Uh, I don't want to in, interrupt the flow too much, but, uh, no, do you guys not like, no uh, do you guys not like, um, days of future past? Cause I, I, I love
0: that Days. Movie. No, I, I love days of future past. Um, I have some problems with apocalypse, uh, but I actually was the one that defended that movie, too, but Days of Future Past is one of my favorites from the X-Men movies, up there with X2 and uh, Deadpool, honestly.
1: Oh, okay, okay. I think I just, like, when you were saying saying that, you were giving me examples of ones that, that you thought had problems, but those were probably the, the examples of ones that you really enjoyed. So, but. I'm sorry, go on, ask the question to the other person. No, no, you're fine. As long as
0: they can clear that up, but yeah, I would never want... I mean, if we're talking X-Men 3, though, or uh, X-Men Origins Wolverine. Yeah, I can tell
4: about, I don't know, an
0: hour's (laughs) worth of problems I have with those movies. But as far as the Days of Futures Past was pretty incredible. It wasn't exactly like the, uh, the comic book. Obviously, the comic book was like... Two comic issues put together, but what they did, I thought, was just great as, as an adaptation. I loved it. Um, although they should have switched Wolverines in that movie when they went younger, but that's just my opinion. Kind of would have been easier, but it's Hugh Jackman, so what do you expect? You know. So exactly. uh, any more? Have, have I have I gotten anyone else's uh like Juwan, Have you said no. anything about this whole thing? Okay, if we got no, wrapped up got in something else, got a little sweaty. <laughs> Oh, well, anyways, <laughs> since that happened, <laughs> we'll go to uh Juwan. How do you feel about Sophie Turner? Stay um, good.
2: like I said, like I said on our page, I thought she was she did amazing for what uh for how she was written. I thought they could have written her a lot better. Um, but she was great. Like you said, Cyclops and the rest of the guys were great. Um, My only issue is I haven't heard that from any anybody in Fox yet. Like Fox officially saying, like, yeah, you know, the new X Men movie with this cast is uh is coming at some point. So I think maybe she said that a little prematurely um, because she's so excited to play the character. Um, But usually when somebody in the cast says something like that, I'll give you an example: Joe Manganiello saying that the Batman would shoot in the spring. Um, and we obviously know that's not going to be happening um, or it's a little ways away from happening. So I think people just get so excited in in working on these projects that they prematurely say something um, before it's actually set in stone. So I don't know uh, what her soon is, but I, um, I think New Mutants and stuff like that might be coming uh, before the next X-Men movie. Joel?
3: Um, I agree. Like um I will be cool with it cuz I really my favorite part about X-Men Apocalypse with the younger X-Men like Sophie Turner's Jean Grey and Nightcrawler Cyclops. I really enjoyed their camaraderie. I wanted to see more of them. Um so I'm really I, I'm cool with it especially considering it might be a 90 set in the 90s, which makes sense considering the way they've been going lately. But um I'm also not 100% confident like what Joanne was saying, because it feels like I, I they don't they weren't like a couple weeks, like a couple months ago. Actually, there was news that they they were thinking about possibly rebooting, and we haven't heard anything other than I mean, any X Men news like no story points, no extra people being casted. Uh, we've only heard rumors of the the coat that the secret name, like the X Men
0: Supernova.
3: And now we got word from Sophie Turner herself, but it's been very quiet and it's just not, I'm not used to that. With, especially with big movies like the X-Men, you
2: know, we've heard
3: more about new mutants than that new X-Men. And it's just, it seems a little, it's just weird. It's just a little odd. That's all. Yeah,
2: I definitely, Um, I definitely can, I back exactly what you were saying. It is a little bit weird. Um, Cause, You know, that's such a huge project, especially for Fox. So you would have thought, like, the sooner she said that, like, the next day, they would have been like, yeah, you know, next X-Men movie is coming out, blah, 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 and here's the cast. And the fact that we've heard nothing from them is just like, eh, okay. Well, her soon could be next year they start shooting. So who knows? I think the word soon is left up for interpretation. So I think that's why she used... Uh, that phrase uh, because it's, it's up. It's up in the air. So soon could be next year we start. right
1: I'll give, I'll give you a little inside baseball on this. Yes. Um, she when she said it she totally believed it but look she's in the movie. You're asking me these questions. She's in the movie and for some reason it's wrong because there's stuff swirling above her and it could be anything. It could be slots of the, it's like, oh no, we've got our big reboot of blah, blah, blah at that point. And so we might push this to another summer or we got to move it up or something, uh, or we lose, or, or they lose a director or, or, they finally got the budget and the budget was three hundred million and Fox went, Whoa, you know what? We gotta rewrite the script to where it's only two twenty five. There's all these factors. But the only thing that I can tell you is that everybody creatively involved in the project wants to to make the best superhero movie that will blow you out of your seats. There's no one there going you know what? You don't want to really cheese off all the fans. <laughs> if we do this thing. <laughs> so let's do that. <laughs> and piss off those guys at geek <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: Yeah, I'm I'm, no, I'm, I'm I, I, well, I'm hoping that they don't. Yeah. I definitely I really understand don't. you, but I mean, this is from the same uh the same company who gave us X Men uh or uh, Wolverine Origins, so yeah. yeah, I'm just saying, <laughs> the possibilities <laughs> are there. No, let's look at the uh,
1: you know let's look at the uh, with Justice League Dark, the live action thing, right? So at first, Guillermo del Toro, boy, am I excited for that? You know, I mean, like we've seen the Hellboy stuff. What is he gonna do with Justice League Dark and Magic? Awesome, and then. Whoop, He's off the project. Oh, no. Now it's dead. Dead, dead, dead. Doug Lyman is on the project now. Holy crap, do I love me some Edge of Tomorrow. I think that's one of the yeah. finest ori- original sci-fi flicks in the last 20 years, which, you know, apparently didn't do as well as it was supposed to, but that thing is great. It is amazing, and, and it's board movies. So now it's like, hooray. Um, you just you just never know until they start until they're in the middle of shooting. I would say it's not even a, a sure thing. Then it becomes like eighty percent because they're pot committed. They've already spent yeah. like a hundred fifty million bucks. It's like, oh no, this is coming out. <laughs> this is coming out no matter what. You know? Yeah. And so that that's like another another thing that sometimes the the people that are guessing um, get wrong is like, is the animated movie a lab or a tester for the live action movie? Like was Arkham Asylum, you know, uh, something for the Suicide Squad? And the answer is no, because Suicide Squad, to get one of these massive superhero movies going when you hear it announced that it's going to be coming, it's two years away, right? So they've been talking about it for a year beforehand, you know? So that they come out at kind of near the same time, sometimes it's just luck. It's like, oh, it came out three months before, and that's why this other movie came out I'm telling you, there's a lot of dollars and a lot of time that have that have gone in. That it was already being thought of and developed, you know, kind of way before that. And um, uh, you know what? I didn't, I didn't, uh, I didn't answer your question way before about uh, Justice League Dark sequel. I mean, if it does well, you know, I think they would do another one. But I don't know, you know, All I, I don't money. know what's gonna happen. I would, I would love it. I would love a chance to do another one, but uh, we will, we will have to see. You know, like if, if 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 it came out and everybody was giving it twos and threes out of ten, and it was stinking up the joint, I could tell you there would not be another one. But that's about the only thing I can tell you.
0: <laughs> I completely understand that. I mean, the I guess. With Justice League uh, Dark in general, though, I mean, that was a huge movie. Well, at least in my mind, the way that you guys did it was just great. Um, but, uh, what was oh, I say you that... know what?
1: Let, let, me, let me add to my, my, my thoughts. There would not oh, be course. another one if it, it, if it really sucked and it didn't do business. There would not be another one until live action Justice League Dark came out. And it did yeah. half a billion dollars, and then there would be another one. That it would just be a Absolutely. reboot. It would be done in a totally different way. So sometimes stuff just catches up. Stuff becomes popular for another reason, and then kabam. That's why you know you, you'll see a lot of Harley is because they cast a girl who knocked Harley out of the park, and now everybody loves Harley. So I think, I'm guessing, that there will be many more Harley projects or projects that she will be a character in.
0: Oh, absolutely. I, yeah, totally. and then, not only going back to what your original sc- subject was, though, like I understand what you're saying completely. And you would know uh, about having an animated movie come before in live action, but I'm sure it, it definitely helps because the awareness of the Suicide Squad, I think, became greatly a lot through that animated movie before the movie came out, and I'm sure that, to an extent, the Justice League Dark movie that you guys made is doing that same thing.
1: Like, I would think that the li- since they knew a live-action movie was coming in the Suicide Squad, that the animation department said, you know what, we should, we should do a movie, too, on it. And, and get it out there around the same time. Because if people like it, then they'll, they'll give the animated movie a chance. Same thing with Justice League Dark. But remember, uh, so Guillermo del Toro was on it, then it was gone. You know, now, right. now that live action thing is dead, we were, we were already in production and they decided, well, we're going to do this anyway. And then all of a sudden, it's alive because Doug Liman came aboard. So That's right. now we get both. Now we get both.
3: Hopefully, we get two good things. Totally, I'm super excited for for the Justice League live action. Justice League Dark, I'm sorry, live action. It's gonna be awesome. I can't wait to see what they had they get they cast for John Constantine or Constantine. I prefer Constantine. That's just the way I, I I'm used to it now, at least. But um, what, what's the
0: next topic, uh, Dane? Well, uh, we'll move on, but I just wanted to make sure, Ernie. I mean, and by no means am I trying to kick you off or anything like that, but I know we had you for an hour. It's now 9.02. Do you want to continue with us, or do you have to go at all?
1: You know what? I do have to bow out if that's okay, and then this way I give Absolutely. you guys a full, a full hour to make fun of me while I'm gone. You know? <laughs> no. But I'm listening to it. No. But I'm going to listen to it, and I will send you. Don't make me fire up a Twitter war. No, I'm like the worst, I'm the worst online person. I had to call on, and I was like, so I dialed my phone and it goes on the internet? You know, I feel like, like the old guy. I am like, now go share, churn some butter. You know, <laughs> like, I have no idea what you guys are doing here. Uh, 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 but it it's definitely well, been fantastic and I and, uh, definitely thank you all. Thank well, you. Ernie,
0: we thank you so much. Uh, we, we are privileged to have you on our show. And by all means, if you ever want to call back in or just uh, do a show with us or another segment, talk about some stuff, especially maybe after Teen Titans, uh, the Judas contract comes out, uh, yep. please join us again in Geek 5 Nation on Geek Vibes Live. Um, did you
2: guys want to say one closing statement at all to Ernie before? I just – I, I just wanted to reiterate how much of an honor this is that you um, yes. definitely came on and spent an hour with us. Uh, you definitely gave us a lot of insight, and you definitely answered a lot of our questions we were wanting to ask. Uh, and to again thank you so much and anytime you are looking to come back on you did an amazing job we'd love to have you
1: well thank you yeah you know I mean like let's, let's give it give it a couple weeks or a month after uh, teen Titans comes out so you guys can uh, we'll see what the opinion is I mean I definitely don't want to come <laughs> on and get The crap beaten out of me.
4: (laughs) It was the worst
1: version you could have done, Altbacker. What were you thinking? It's like suddenly it's my movie, you know. Like everybody, Warner Brothers. Like that was Er the Ernie Altbacker version of Teen Titans. Judas Contract, the bad one. We're making a better one,
4: you know. Like uh,
1: so, let's let's see how you guys (laughs) actually like it. And uh, you know, I really enjoy. Talking about this stuff and geeking out because uh, you know, and usually I'm in the writers' hole. So like, when I go into the office, I meet those other like-minded people. I we could be talking about ah, I mean, there's all the stuff. I mean, you know, aside from superhero stuff, I'm sure you guys are into like Game of Thrones or The Expanse and you know stuff like that. Where you know, I'm just like I'm on that stuff and. (laughs) I don't really get to talk to it with normals, you know. No one wants to hear about Comic Con, right? You know, like I'm yeah. like, Kevin. You know, you're like I'm Kevin Michael Richardson at Comic Con. Like, Who's Kevin <laughs> Michael Richardson? What is this Comic Con you speak of? You know, like I mean, like they don't understand, right? But I'm I'm a fan. I'm a fan like you guys. So it was really fun to do and. uh I'll I'll bow out now, all Right. Alright.
2: So uh, again, thank you re- so
1: much. Thank you. Really really fun thank talking you. to you. I'll see you guys later. Bye. Alright. Right. Uh, Thanks, Ernie. All
2: right, wow, that was that was pretty that was cool. an amazing hour. <laughs> that was an amazing, amazing hour. Um before Are we really, before really I give it back Joel? to you. No, Joel's still here.
0: Joel? No. Hey, there's a phone missing when uh, Ernie cut out. Oh, maybe um, – I, I'll,
2: I'll, I will text him. Give me one second. Uh, no. Okay. <laughs> so I'll yeah, I'll
0: continue with the show. I will Yeah, uh, okay. I'll continue with the show. We accidentally get Joel off. It happens. It might have been me. I'm, apparently I don't like Joel, but uh, I'm going to bring our next <laughs> guest uh, for the rest of the show on. Uh, Nick, what's up, buddy? Did you get to hear any uh, of the interview?
5: Uh, yeah, I got to catch the last little bit of it, man. That guy sounds awesome. That guy sounds like a yeah. fucking just great person to, to sit and chat with, man. Like, Absolutely. Dude, yeah, that, that was great. I, I I thoroughly enjoyed what I caught of it.
0: Hey, uh, Joel, sorry Dang. about, uh, I think... I think I exited your call when I was exiting his because he hung up before him. I'm about to say, I'm like,
3: what happened to me? <laughs> I don't know.
0: I freaked out. I was like, oh my god, where did he go? God, no. all right, well, we're fine. <laughs> I am so guys. I'm, I'm like, I'm like all like geek. Like I don't know. Like I'm all like uh, out of it now. That right. was awesome. I feel very sweaty. Very, very. I do really quick. Are, are you a what little Starstruck, Dane? Day? A little bit. It was fun talking to a guy in the industry. That was awesome. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Alt-backer. It
5: was. Especially somebody who's uh, just so real, like dude that that cat was just like real, like down to earth, like like and and like just seemed to have like a genuine enjoyment with talking with us. You know that's that's so awesome.
2: I do want to say yeah. this, though, really quick before we move forward, that um, just a real small little nugget for you to get also, Nick, um, in the coming weeks. To possibly the next month, I do kind of just want our listeners to know all we can tell you right now, but if you love Lego Batman, stay tuned to our show uh, moving forward, definitely, because we have a yeah. huge surprise for you guys as far as Lego Batman's concerned. Um, Nick, I'll let you know more off the air, but it's huge what we have coming. All right, back to you. Nick. Awesome. Awesome.
0: Yeah, very excited about that, you know, finding out that information while we have this awesome guest on. Like, I'm about to, like, blow up or something, I have a panic attack, <laughs> Pretty excited. It was great. It's a great, co- great combination of just stuff going on. Uh, lots of fluids, lots of fluids. All right, anyways, let's get through now. <laughs> now that we have someone that's very uh, associated with DC Comics, uh, not online anymore, uh, let's get to these DC topics. Since a couple of them are kind of negative, but, you know, we'll get through them, and we have some uh, good stuff. Involved too, but I'm glad that we have the four of us to discuss this type of stuff. Um, first subject: yeah. David F. Sandberg in talks to direct Shazam. Uh, if you guys don't know who David is, he directed the minute of the short Lights Out that ended up becoming a movie. Um, he doesn't really have a lot of credit directing wise outside of that, but I the whole concept of a horror director. Uh, doing a, a movie like this like I know there's magic and I know a lot of people say Scott Derrickson and Doctor Strange and it's understandable and I get that and I mean look at the Russo Brothers comic uh, comedic style uh, directors for TV shows and then they come on and make uh, amazing movies with Captain America's, uh you know the, movie, the last two movies are now with Infinity War but my whole thing is this guy um, why are they why are we getting information I should say about Shazam and more details, other than I guess the rocks attached to it, for a movie that's not coming out for a while, where we don't have a lot of details going on, um, you know, involving Flash and other stuff that's coming out in the future. I'll, I'm going to hand it to Jawan first. Jawan, what do you think? And what do you think of the directing um, choice? Well, I
2: will say this. I will say this. Um, as far as the director, I'm totally fine with it. And if they actually get the kid from Stranger Things, I think his name is Finn or something like that, who played the. Uh, Main character who fell in love with uh, eleven, they got that kid to play Billy Batson. I'd be a thousand times okay with that. But I do think Shazam should be a lighter film because uh, it it takes place around a kid who becomes a bigger kid. Um, so I don't think they need to make it that dark. But you know, knowing that the Rock's playing Black Adam, I think a whole dark feel is what they're going for. <laughs> but it, I don't get too excited about director news mainly because of the recent things that have been happening with DC and director news. So all I see this as is like a smokescreen for all the other crazy things that have been happening. And um, I'll be more comfortable with this if, you know, the further we get through the year, he's not gone. <laughs> but as far as him as a director, I'm fine. With it.
0: Yeah. And then that's the crazy thing beforehand, Joel, uh, you know, it seems like people always say, like, Warner Brothers should be using smaller directors, and they use someone like this gentleman and then Taika Wattiti, for example. And it's like, Warner Brothers should be using big directors, and then they're in talks to get Mel Gibson. So it's, it's, I don't think that that's really the case. It's just whoever can work with Warner Brothers the best I get at this point since they have so much control over it. But, uh, Joel, uh, how do you feel about the choice, and what do you think about this whole thing?
3: Uh, I'm totally fine with the choice. Um, he doesn't have much of a track record, but I was a really big fan of Lights Out. It was one of my favorite horror movies from last year. And he's attached to Annabelle 2, so that should be interesting to, to watch this year. So that's another horror movie on his uh, on his buckle. But, um, yeah, I don't expect it to be a darker movie just because Black Adam's in it. Uh, I, just, I expect it to be what it is. Uh, um, I'm not going to say it's, it's going to be ha-ha laughing all around, I think it's going to be a well-balanced movie, but a lighter movie than what we're used to in the DCU so far, even though it's still a new-line Warner Brothers movie, you know? Um, But, yeah, I'm cool with the director. I'm I'm happy that we got some type of news. Uh, But, like, you know, it's set in talks. It didn't say definitively. Warner Brothers didn't come out and say it. It's all in talks through the reports. So, I'm cool. I'm fine with it. I'm
1: I'm I'm, I'm on board. Okay, Nick, how do you
5: feel? Um, uh, you know, I kind of feel basically, I mean, I, I, I kind of echo what Juwan said. Like, you know, it's it's a situation where obviously you can't trust any of the news that comes out that says, uh, you know, so-and-so is in talks. And to, to, to kind of take that a step further, and I know that, you know, people – get a little hesitant to compare Marvel to to DC. And I understand that, you know, like there's there's a lot of reasons why you shouldn't do that. Um, But in this instance, I feel like, dude, Disney, they usually have shit locked down and you don't really hear about all of this kind of news until basically something is solidified enough to where they're about to announce it. And with DC, you constantly hear about all of these different things. Well, you know, I mean, obviously, recently with Matt Matt Reeves leaving, um, you know, you hear about all these different things, and it's like, guys, like, can you get a hold on, you know, what get, what what gets leaked out, whether it be you know their own doing or or somebody else? They need to get that shit tightened up. Um, but as far as just the choice. As far as the choice, um, you know, I think that I don't think it'll be in the same vein as like a like a darker um, tale. Well, honestly, what I I think it boils down to is Lights Out was just so well directed that they're like, this is the kind of person that we could we could like bring on to do something and offer them a way to uh, make a different movie than what they've made than what he's made before, because, you know, he did Lights Out. Um, as Joel said, he's in talks, uh, or he's going to do an- Annabelle 2, two horror movies. Like, if we can, like, as an artist, you, you, you don't want to be, you know, like, I think it gets brought up a lot more with actors. Like, you don't want to be type typecast. And so I feel like it's probably, you know, a very similar thing with directors. Like, you don't want to just be a horror director. Like, if you can branch out and do something a little different, um, then, then, you know, would still bring in your directorial style. Uh, I, I think that's, a, like, a, a really good thing. And I, I haven't seen Lights Out, um, but I've heard terrific things about it. You know, I've, I've seen constantly that it's, it's one of the, the top five best horror movies of, of 2016, and I, I very much look forward to seeing it. And I think that, you know, given that uh, property, I I think it, it it could very very well work out and be a very very good choice. Again, I just I'm just so hesitant with anything that you hear from from Warner Brothers as far as someone who's in talks or anything of that nature, and I, I feel like rightfully so, you know.
0: Well, let's talk about another one, then, since it's, like, pointless, too, but we'll just do it anyways. All right, so the next topic. Uh, also, by the way, I always thought the Duffer Brothers would have been a good choice to do Shazam for oh, some reason. But yeah, absolutely, absolutely man. I'm, absolutely. Yeah, I'm 100% on board with you there. I think it <laughs> would have been a them. good thing. Yeah, I'm sure we will see him somewhere in the comic uh stratosphere at some point. But all right, next thing, Mel Gibson is in talks, actually confirms, he even confirmed it, that they are in talks for him to do Suicide Squad 2. All right, let's get to the first part. We'll leave the uh, controversial part for the next go-around, but let's get to the first thing. I don't see Mel Gibson, uh, you know, working out uh, because of the fact that that he's not going to want to play ball. Um, I don't see him taking over a project unless he has complete control over the scope of the direction of where the movie is going to be going. Um, I also have never seen, I mean, Braveheart, I'm sure, is expensive to make, but never seen him do a genre film with this big of a budget. So I already think it's a bad idea, but I mean, if they were to say Mel Gibson's directing it, I mean, that's, I can't be mad at that either. Uh, I'd way rather the guy that's going to be doing the Raid remake for no reason, uh, the guy who did Smoke and Ace. I can't think of his name right now. Um, Joe Carnahan. Joe Carnahan to pick up Suicide Squad 2, way more so than Mel Gibson. But how do you feel, uh, Nick, about these whole entire – can you believe that it's actually true that DC is pursuing Mel Gibson to direct Suicide Squad 2?
5: I mean, I can absolutely believe that they are pursuing him. Again, it goes back to what I said earlier, and I'll, I'll be brief about it because I've already, you know, exhausted myself at saying it. Um, but I mean, just get 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 a hold on your leaps because, okay, what, what would you say is a proper number, Dane, uh, as far as the over under as to whether Mel Gibson actually does this movie? Twenty percent, uh, fifteen, what maybe? The
0: yeah maybe like maybe
5: 40% maybe 40 maybe maybe and and that's where i sit like i i agree with you i don't think he's going to do it i mean i i totally buy the fact that uh warner brothers wants him to do it it makes absolute sense mel gibson is a terrific director but the only the only like slight redeeming quality and i i've seen this posted like a few different times as to why mel gibson should do this movie is to kind of get back in the good graces of hollywood um, Mel Gibson doesn't need to get back in the good graces of Hollywood yeah he's fucked up he's done some bullshit but like to do like Suicide Squad 2 that, that's not your movie to get back in the good graces of Hollywood yeah I mean if you made a really good Suicide Squad 2 it would be good for your career um, but I, I just don't see it I, I, don't, I don't necessarily see him being like willing to do that movie Now, he might, uh, and I would love it, I would absolutely love it if he signed on board and actually they let him make a Suicide Squad movie. But, you know, like you said, Dane, do you really think that Warner Brothers, at this point, is going to give him the control? Because they only have three movies out, but there's only been one of those that they actually gave the director the control, and it is the best movie of the three of those. So, and that would be Man of Steel. Um, And I just don't see it happening, especially given what Suicide Squad went through. I mean, um, the uh, what's his name? The uh, director of Suicide Squad, he's not going to ever admit that there was this, this tampering that we all know was there, but it was there. And I just feel like if I'm Mel Gibson, I'm like, It's going to be a hard pass, bro, but I'm going to pass.
0: Well, even based on Mel Gibson's comments on comic films in the past and, uh, you know, his very big critiques on BBS, which is understandable um, to an extent, uh, you know, it's a very, very strange concept to have him now be a possibility to direct this movie. Um, There's a lot of controversy around it. Uh, Juwan, how do you feel?
2: Um, Well, I love the idea. Uh, If he takes it, I'm fine with it. But if I'm Mel Gibson, um, I don't take it. And the reason why I think um, it'll end up being something that, you know, comes out that he's not going to do it is mainly because Mel Gibson does not like the idea of comic book movies. I guarantee you Mel Gibson does not or has not read comics. I guarantee you if he did do this movie it wouldn't be from any iterations of that form of a comic. He'd completely take it, spin it, make it his own. And I don't think that'll end up being something that Warner Brothers will want and that'll be the, the rift that they have if it you know, if they do sign him on. And I think us as fans, if it does ever happen, like it legit happens that he's gonna do this movie we should completely get, out, get it out of our minds of a accurate form of the Suicide Squad. Because Mel Gibson, I'm telling you now, I feel it. If he is on to do this, he's going to completely take it, flip it, and spin it, and make it something that we've never seen before. But visually and, you know, maybe through the action stuff, will be so dope. But um, I don't think he'll be able to have his way with it.
5: I 100% agree with you there
2: Alright, before I pass it to Joel This just
0: in guys, uh, actually Mel Gibson Is no longer doing that, he will be playing Wolverine in the next X-Men movie <laughs> Just so you guys know that All right, uh, uh, Joel, uh, how, do you, how do you feel about these reports And the directing qualities Of uh, Mel Gibson on a Suicide Squad Sequel
3: Well um, Mel Gibson is a terrific director uh, Suicide Squad The movie was a Subpart movie, um, it, but I think it has potential to be a good franchise if done correctly. Um, I, when I heard the reports that Mel Gibson and Fox, or they they started, they're courting him because that's what the words they use. They're courting him. They're looking at a fine director to direct this movie. I thought it was bullshit. Honestly, I'm like, no, there's no way. Mel Gibson, the guy that called BBS a piece of shit and superhero movies a bad, just the the idea of it a bad idea. I just I, I just, it just caught me off guard. I didn't expect Mel Gibbons to even
5: consider talking about. He it. He might have been <laughs> drunk. Yeah, he might have been fucked up. <laughs> it,
3: but he did admit to talking with them. He's, he's actually yeah. considering it. He wants to work with the cast. I'm like, all right. So I, I'm, I'm. You convinced me that you might. There might be a chance of it. Would I be fine with it? I'd be totally fine with it. He's a talented guy. I bet he would do his research into whatever he's doing. Would it be exactly like the Suicide Squad books that we know? No. And guess what? The last one wasn't either. Unfortunately, that was probably the biggest problem. It didn't follow the Suicide Squad stories the way they should have been. It should have been more grounded. And I have no doubt we're going to have a more grounded Suicide Squad if Mel Gibson takes over or whoever else. I think the next Suicide Squad is not going to be as fantastical as the last one, in my opinion. But we'll see. I'm okay with the Mel Gibson controversy aside. As a director, I think he would do a great a great job. I don't see how he wouldn't, you know.
5: Yeah, and if, if Mel Gibson director. does do Suicide Squad, they like, and and Dane, I know you've heard me say this before, as far as my uh, revisionist history of of the, the the plot point that I think they should do, they they need to pull from Suicide Squad um, issue four and and do the uh, raid on. A biochemical weapons industry uh, that is uh, in the Middle East to try and um, you know get a steal a biochemical weapon that someone in the Middle East could use for harm. Like that is a much more potent grounded story. You don't than, like dancing right? witches? Uh, what? I, I, yeah, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not a huge fan of of, uh, of them trying Look. to fight a supernatural being. Um, especially given that your no. your 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 three main people are good at shooting, has a baseball bat and can throw a boomerang.
1: <laughs> when you put
0: it like that, it's like yeah, that that is a good point. Um, but uh, either way, I'm sorry, that was pretty funny. Good job, Nick. Um, Thanks. Mel Gibson is a is a weird choice, but we we have to get to this part of the conversation because I know this from listening to podcasts. And uh, there were people that were Jewish, and they do have a problem with Mel Gibson coming on. They're not too happy with the idea of giving him, because he's going to get a lot of fucking money for this, a huge budget film, if it does well too, you know, should maybe not be forgiven, but is Mel Gibson past those statements he made in the past? It's very similar in, in concept that apparently, and I know that you don't watch wrestling, Nick, but Hulk Hogan might be coming to WrestleMania. Uh, He was kicked out of the WWF and taken off of everything um, for a long time from some statements he made in the past. So going more so towards this with Mel Gibson, should we get past that, is it okay for him to take over based on that? Uh, Nick?
5: Yeah, I mean, I absolutely think so. I mean, who doesn't love a good redemption story? And I I mean, I think that, you know, Mel Gibson has made – obviously made some very, very, I wouldn't even necessarily call them questionable, condemnable comments in the past. Um, but nevertheless, like everybody has problems. Everybody fucks up in their life. And so it, do I think that he deserves to pay for it for the rest of his life? No, especially considering that his, his um, biggest, uh, uh downfall was words it's not actions it's words it's things that he said um and i know that that like you know words carry a lot uh especially in today's society um but nevertheless like i mean the guy is is super talented um you know i i i genuinely think that everybody deserves a second chance. And, you know, uh, in vino veritas, meaning there's truth in wine, meaning when you're drunk, you say what you really feel. Um, mm-hmm. And so obviously, he really felt what he was saying at that given point in time, um, basically about uh, Jewish people. And I think the the fact that the way he portrayed the passion of the Christ only lended itself more to that. Um, but nevertheless, like, you know, everybody's got fucking opinions, man. Everybody's and, and shit. If, if you guys knew everything about me, you would fucking hate me. I just know how to keep that shit close to chest. And I'm sure that's the same with all of you guys. Like if everybody knew everything about the three of you. the people would no pick you guys and cry you guys
0: would still like and, and, me. You guys would still love me.
5: <laughs> oh yeah? Oh yeah, Dane? I don't know. I don't know about that. Um but like you get what I'm saying. Like everybody yeah, is, saying. Is, is an asshole in, in some respect. And, you know, I, I I definitely think you know the guy's no different than any of the rest of us in in, in maybe in different respects, but in certain respects and yeah, give the guy a second chance. What
0: Nick? What What you're trying to say is everyone makes fun of the homeless guy that's crying on the side of Publix over by the Publix I live near. Wait, am I the only yeah. one who does that? <laughs> All right. Anyways, yeah, Jawan, exactly. uh, same thing for
2: the question. Um. Yeah. No. I, I I somewhat agree with uh with Nick as far as everyone deserves uh second chances. The one take I have is anytime someone has a profession, I never think you know outside of of course. A handful of, you know, unforgivable acts. But anytime someone says something, I um I always feel you have to at that point separate the person from the uh the material, and I think we live in a society that finds that very difficult to do. Um, yes. I, I I mean I'll give an example quite like you gave an example, Dane, um, Terrell Owens who had. Uh, off-the-field issues, not as far as legal problems, but with locker rooms and stuff, they're now using that against him to not be in the Hall of Fame, and I think you have to separate the two. And when it comes to Mel Gibson, albeit we are saying we do not, you know, can, you know, we're not with what he was saying, I do feel as though you have to separate it because the man uh, produces great work. And I don't think you should be at, you know you should condemn him from having future opportunities based off his past. So I'm with Nick on that, and I'm also on the fact that you have to separate the man from the product.
0: Joel, do you feel the same way, or do you feel differently?
2: Uh, I don't feel
3: differently. I, I I don't I don't agree with m- most of what um, Mel Gibson believes in myself but I, I agree with with nick and, and jowan i think uh you i think he deserves it deserves the chance but also i understand what people where people are coming from it's very he has a very ignorant way of thinking about things he's obviously a stubborn and angry man who has issues yep. um, but you know i'm not a he's a talented man and there are people that like working with him so he can't be all bad you know I don't know. I I I'm not against it. Like I like I said, I'll be cool with it if he does it. I, I'm not against it at all. I watch his movies still, so it's not like uh, I'm like boycotting him or anything. But I don't I don't like the man personally. But that's but that's me separating his work from his, the person itself. You know.
5: Well, and I, yeah, and like I think that's group. something that you have to do. Like I mean, I think far too often in our society, we we get on a a, a penchant for. For condemning a product because of a uh, person's right. beliefs, and uh, you know, if if your product is good, um, you know, it can kind of pass through that. Like you can, you can set a, set aside the fact that you're a person and you're going to have different beliefs than me because I'm with you, Joel. Like I, I personally don't really like. Mel Gibson, in the sense of his personal beliefs, but nevertheless, he's a damn good director, and you know th- th- that's you know I don't I don't like Kobe Bryant as far as his you know uh, uh, some of his uh, things, uh, not even yeah. like the the whole scandal, but like just you know some of his reactions and things and and
3: uh, his attitude. To,
5: yeah, his attitude, and but but nevertheless, he's one of the ten greatest players to ever play in the NBA. So like you you have to be able to separate those two.
0: Sure, I agree. I, I like having intellectual conversations like this. You know, it, it's good that here on Geek Vibes Live we can talk about stuff like this. And uh, very very good guys. You guys give yourselves a pat on the back. Yeah, uh, Nick, actually, you give yourself a punch in the face. Um, anyway. Okay. Let's Ow! That's <laughs> you dick! Ow! You're a jerk, Dane. Why would you do that? You can tell me to do it to myself. I, I'll punch myself. Um. So
4: anyways,
0: <laughs> directors. So this actually, you know, keeps on going on the same theme with DC. Matt Reeves out as director for the Batman. Should DC just chill the fuck out until they have someone completely in a contract? There has to be a way to get all these leaks to stop happening um of him originally even being the director and uh you know them pursuing him. And I I'll I'll just ask it, who would you like to see direct who would you like to see direct the Batman now that Matt Reeves is out? Um I'll first pass it to you, Joel. Me.
3: Um when I saw the news um I was disappointed. I'm like I'm like it just felt like a, very deflating. Because I'm like, why are we always get, like, it's always negative. It's always this. We get this, this, this and then there's this giant bomb of shit that, that they drop on us. And I'm like, this sucks. But then we hear reports that it's not as clean cut as that. It's that it's not that he's, he's the negotiations have fallen off, but he hasn't completely walked away. There's always a chance he can come back on. And I listened to the video, to the periscope that uh, Umberto had, and he said it's all a negotiating tactic by his agency so Matt can get more money. That's what I'm hearing. At least that's, what, that's what's being said, and that's what I've heard from Umberto, and I've heard from our two other sources, the same thing. And I don't know how true it is. I can only tell you what I've heard. and it's, But it's always – it was smart of the agency to do it just because they know that it's going to make them look bad and it's going to put pressure on them to take the stink off. So, like, tomorrow we get the news that Matt Reeves is back on and is now the director. It makes them look good again, even though it's still a negative. It's because they got this giant stink over the the the, the, France, the studio. The studio has this giant negative stink on them, and it doesn't matter. It's, it's just it's, it's frustrating. I was, was stunned. Sh- I heard that news. It is. It's really stinky. It's, it's annoying, and I just need, it needs to end. And you're right. They have to manage it a little better. I don't mind leaks. I like getting news. I love rumors. It's just that all these negative rumors make them look bad. They gotta start like they gotta manage that a little better. But aside from that, look, I don't know who's gonna be the director. I don't. Really, at this point, I don't care. Just give me somebody and let it, Let's get going. I really do believe in the end it might still be Matt Reeves, but that's just me.
0: All right. Before I pass it, just want I, I see that we have a caller. I see that you're cued. You just joined us. Let me get through Nick and Juwan's opinion on this, and I will take you on and we will get your question answered. Uh, Jawan, how do you feel about this?
2: of shit. Um, all of this is full of shit. I, I want to start off by saying I, for not one second, believe any of this shit is leaked. I believe DCPR um, believes that these are great news stories that will get us hyped about it. And then, What are they, I pressure tactics they put, to
0: the directors?
2: No, I, I believe that they honestly are like, yeah, this is great. Let me put this news out there so people, you know... Aren't freaking out about everything that's going on over here, and the people dessert. getting excited for it. It's like that Yes, absolutely. To me, like to me, you said, smoke I will, mirror. I will never believe that any of this shit's leaked. Here's the main reason why, and I agree with Nick, as Nick said when he first came on. Don't ever compare DC and Marvel. It's not the right thing to do. But have you guys noticed that nothing, not even set photos, are ever released on Marvel's end unless they want it to be. Ever. Like you don't see Thanos, you know, just you don't see J- uh Josh Brolin just killing the Thanos on set and then it's like, oh shit, we didn't we didn't want that leaked out. Someone took a that's that doesn't true. happen. That's not When when does, that that's not when, when does that happen? When do we get leaks from Marvel?
3: There was a lot of set photos for Avengers. I remember seeing plenty of those. Those all, all right, right. yeah, How
2: many That's how many and how many years ago? It never happened. It happened. I'm just okay. saying it happens. Right. So- you can't say it never All right, happened. Okay, I'm sorry. Then let let me say this. As far as Better what's father- going on, as far as what's going on in the insides of how Marvel's working, as far as its directors, as far as its casting, uh, as far as things a like that. That's So all I'm saying is, I will never, ever say that any of this is someone's just leaking stuff out. Because at some point, you got to put a lid on that shit. Like. Stop hiring people that run their goddamn house. I think this is literally just DC putting the feelers out, seeing how we react to it, um, and it's negative reactions to it. So then they go, all right, well you hated that. Well Mel Gibson's on board. Oh shit, you hated that. Well this guy might be directing Shazam. So all I'm saying is it's just a fucking it's just a disaster over there. I don't know who the fuck is running anything over there, but holy crap, they got a lot on their uh, a lot on their plates. But as far as who I think should direct it, I'm gonna go with the guy I thought should have directed it from the beginning. As soon as Ben decided he wanted to drop out, Matthew Vaughn, the best guy to direct it, knows how to handle action well, knows how to handle somewhat uh, of of a of a big cast, and could easily work uh, a Batman story, especially with Ben overseeing it with him, Jeff Johns with whatever the hell capacity that guy's in. Um, I think that's the best guy to go forward with. It is Matthew Vaughn. All right,
5: Nick. Um to echo kind of what Joan was saying, I mean, I agree. I think that at some point you have to say that this isn't just people leaking information out randomly. Like it's it's a like it goes back to the uh old Adam like any press is good press. And as long as people are are talking about it and speculating on it, like you, you keep yourself relevant, and like that, especially in the state that they are in, good. Um, but I think it's, I think it's a bad play. A uh, long term, I think it's a bad play. Um, just my personal opinion. Um, but I do think that it's a, um, it's 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 from the top down, so to speak. Um, but as far as who I think would be the the best director for it. I'm going to go Gavin O'Connor. I mean, he directed Ben and The Accountant, and The Accountant wasn't met with, like, rave reviews. Like, it wasn't met with, like, oh, my God, this movie is just just fucking great. Um, But it was met with good reviews. I mean, it was met with, like, I feel like most people, I feel like probably, like, 70% of critics were like, yeah, it's, it's, it's a good movie. It is a good movie and obviously they have a working relationship, um, and I, I I think that would probably be where I would go as far as, and that's what I even said before there were talks with, with Matt Reed. I was like, get, get the guy that Ben has worked with before, um, especially being that Ben was the the former director, or was going to be the director of the movie, get a guy that he's worked with before. And, you know, he's worked with Gavin O'Connor, and I I just personally think that if there's a working relationship there already, that would be the, the what I would be trying to do, what I would be trying to achieve. Some sort of continuity, some sort of comfortability for Ben, especially given... All of the recent, you know, talk about, um, you know, maybe maybe he doesn't necessarily want to do this anymore. Like, give him something that makes him feel at home, makes him feel comfortable. Um, you know, if that's Gavin O'Connor, do that. And I think that would be it. If it's not Gavin O'Connor, give him, you know, somebody else who would who would give him that, so that they can make a really good movie. And Ben Affleck would be like, you know what? Like we're 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 starting to get our shit together, and I'm gonna I'm gonna stay on board, and we're gonna do this thing. So.
0: Yeah, no, I I can see that. I mean, I think O'Connor, or I mean, I know that he's bigger of a director, but I, if you were to want to do it, I would love to see Fincher work on an ex... I, I mean, I've been saying that with Batman for for years, David Fincher, and the fact that he has worked with Ben on Gone Girl, and he has a good relationship with them. You know, if you're gonna go either Gavin O'Connor that will work on them or uh, just someone that's worked with them basically in the past. Let's get this caller yeah. on um, and see what they think. Hey, you're Hello. on the 5s live. Who do I got? Gerald. Oh, what's up, Gerald? Well,
4: uh, <laughs> uh,
0: you obviously know what we're talking about, so I'll just throw you in the rotation. Um, what do you think about Matt Reeves leaving, and uh, do you think that DC has a problem with leaks as far as
4: directors joining and then leaving? I don't think they have a problem with leaks. I think that's all fabricated BS. I think they leak stuff that they want to leak just to get a reaction out of people. Um, this is like what their third director that um, quit on them. I mean, they uh, I think they haven't found the flash director, and I think with the Batman movie, I think this is what the third director. I said I'm not doing it. Ben was one of them, and now you have, I think, this guy and the other guy who left. But my personal opinion, I, I think the two that the two directors that I would want to see take this on, you know, if one does to do it, um, I would love to see Martin Scorsese or Quentin Tarantino. Never gonna Woody happen.
5: It's never I mean, gonna happen. It, would be, it would be it would know, be, utterly amazing, but it's never going to happen.
4: I, I know it's <laughs> never going to happen with both of these directors, but Martin Scissorzi, if I'm pronouncing his last name right,
0: I mean, he was Taxi
4: Driver. Um, the One of the most famous films that made me fall in love with his directing was The Departed. I mean, that was a phenomenal movie, which I believe won multiple Oscars for. Absolutely. But Quentin Tarantino, he has so many, you know, great heavy hitters on his resume he has um pulp fiction he has the uh, hateful eight he has uh, a jingle unchained and you know these great big projects so i know you know we'll probably never see these two major hitters but that will be my pick for this batman movie i would see i would love to see martin do it because you know the batman is, is a dark and gritty you know you know, comic book and storytelling. So the fact that he made The Departed, and, and you know, if anybody's seen Taxi Driver or The Raging Bull, these are like really some like gritty, hardcore, like dark movies. And it, it would just be great to see like you know the you know the Batman take on that that type of darkness. Like to me personally, WB is doing Batman all wrong. Batman. Should automatically be an R-rated movie because it's so dark. But the fact that they want to, you know, pander to kids and, you know, stuff like that, they got to make it PG or PG-13. But I would love to see Martin Scorsese or, you know, Quentin Tarantino take on the role, though.
5: I could definitely see Scorsese. Um, I, I can't see Tarantino at all. Just like I'm like the biggest Tarantino fan about, that you could possibly Deadpool? imagine. Uh No, I, 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 I mean, I could see that before I could see um, Batman. Um, but I, I could see Scorsese only in the sense that it would be the, um, from the sense that it would be like Scorsese tackling something that he has never tackled before. The, the problem is I don't see even given Scorsese's level of talent and everything else that he is and has been able to achieve, I still just don't see Warner Brothers. They don't have. They don't seem like they have any process of of letting the director do what they want to do. And I don't see Scorsese saying, "Yes, I will come on board and work with you, well, and we'll, I mean, it's, we'll it's, collaborate it's, it's together." It's
0: an idea. It's an idea, you know, but, uh, we should definitely move on from the subject, uh, if we want to get a couple more things in before we end our show, uh, so, let's, I mean, let's, let's talk about this, uh, you know, try to go into it, uh, but realize we have a limited time. Um, this is a concept that keeps on getting brought up, and just, just, just to conjecture about the possibility, life without the bat fleck, um. It, whether the rumors be that he's waiting to see how this move uh, Wonder Woman and Just League is received, uh, whether the rumors are that Warner Brothers actually would like to get rid of him for whatever happened in between, um, you know, there's not a lot of good things press-wise. Now a lot of this could be just bullshit. He could just be stepping down as director. They're finding a new one, and he's going to continue as Batman. But if we're go- if we're to believe that this could be true. Is DC going to be okay after this? And maybe what could be something they could do to counter it in a positive light? Um, I'm going to give it to Gerald
4: first. Um, Basically, I don't think Ben's going anywhere. I think he's going to stay on. I believe, you know, everybody, including probably, you know, Ben is waiting on to see how well Wonder Woman's, you know, going to be received. I think it's going to be an interesting take. You know, I believe like, you know, right now between you know, Matt Damon and you know, Ben Affleck. Ben Affleck has definitely won in the movie wars between them two because if anybody's seen The Great Wall don't do not do it. It was, it was fucking <laughs> terrible. It, it was terrible. Like, I, I seen the poster and I was like, this movie's gonna be terrible. Good thing I get free tickets because I saw it for free and it was god-awful. Uh, but um, I don't think he's going anywhere. He's he, he signed on to about, what, six, seven movies, so he ain't going nowhere. I mean, best thing he can do, he's probably, I I doubt he's going to direct this Batman movie, but if he does get a sequel, he'll probably take that on because then everybody will be like, all right, you know, Ben Affleck was this great Batman in this movie, and let's see what he's going to do next. Hopefully, you know, Warner Brothers is going to say, hey, let's do a sequel. Hopefully, he directs that one, but Right now, with all this propaganda, he, he ain't going nowhere. Like like I said, he he's he, he, he making that comic book money right now. I mean, granted, he has Oscar money and, you know, Gone Girl money and all that. Like, he's been making money before, like, he signed on to DC. But, I mean, let's be honest. It's not Marvel and Disney money, but it's a comic book money. And he, yeah. he's going to stick there. He's going to stay there.
0: No, I, I completely agree with you. Uh, Juwan, what do you feel?
2: Um, I think my biggest thing is you could definitely do life without that flick. And honestly, I don't even think he should wait. I think if he's having this much doubt about uh, this, the company and, and everything moving forward, i say, if anything, fix up Justice League, have it look like um, Batman doesn't make it. And you have a lot of room between now and the next Justice League movie. So what you could do is just focus on your solos, uh, you know, Man of Steel, Shazam, Black Adam, uh, Aquaman, Flash, whatever decade that comes out, um, and just focus on those films. And then you can revisit, maybe talking to a Michael Fassbender to be your new Batman or whatever. Or you could have him do his first solo, and have him kind of pass the torch. You get a big name for Nightwing, pass the torch in, uh, in that respect. There's a billion ways you could do it, and I would be fine with life after Batflick. Um, but to me, if I'm him, I'm not even waiting until after Wonder Woman. Because I can tell you now, those reviews aren't going to be that glowing. So if I'm him, I'm, I'm, I'm packing now. Uh, Joel. Um,
3: I I'll say I agree with Jawan. Uh, there is a life after Batfleck. Like, I mean, or after Ben Affleck, because Batman will always live on regardless. It's not that's not one man is not stopping that train. Um, and if it, he's right, if if he wants out, then he should just get out. And and the only thing stopping him now is is contract. It's all contract because he would get sued up his ass if he were to try to walk now, and it would make them look terrible and it would fuck up the rest of the movies going forward the rest of this year. That's the main reason you won't hear shit till so after Justice League, if it happens at all. Which I don't think it will. I think he's going to stay regardless. But if it does, it'll probably be after Justice League, because of everything I just said. Um, But also, like I said, I agree with Jawan, and I, I do believe if he were to leave and, and they replace him, or they, they do the... Thing with Nightwing and make him Batman going forward or just maybe just focus on Nightwing instead of Batman altogether which I doubt but it's possible there's ways to do it I would be okay with it and that that's I mean I i don't think he's going anywhere but that's I'm, I, it, there's definitely life after that flick. Nick how do
0: you feel?
5: I mean yeah I pretty much feel the same way as everybody like i I think there is Definitely a a road that you can take uh, as far as continuing Batman without Ben Affleck. I think uh, it's it's precarious uh, in the sense that you know, um, uh, you, like Marvel has has like had this going on with Robert Downey Jr. for years. Like, what if Robert doesn't sign on for the next contract? And you can continue, especially now. You can continue your saga without Iron Man. Uh, the DC you cannot continue their saga without Batman. Batman is the. But, like, I mean, I know like a lot of people say Superman's the most popular. I I don't buy that. I think it's Batman, Superman, and Spider Man as far as your most popular superheroes. I don't think you can continue without Batman. I just I just don't think you can. But I do think you can recast. I mean, fuck, they did it with Val Kilmer, they did it with George Clooney, and they continued the same basic storyline, and then do it with James Bond all the time. Um, I, I mean, I just think you can recast, and everything will be okay. My personal pick would be John Hamm. Do you get John Hamm on board? I think he could kind of continue the same kind of um, gravitas that, that Ben Affleck has has given the character um i just i i do think that if the movies are not well received um like Juwan said, you know, i don't expect wonder woman. i, I expect it to be man of steel status or it's like 50-50 given all of the information that i've heard um i i i don't see ben affleck staying on as long as he can afford to. Um, and, but I don't, I, honestly, like, I'm with Gerald, I don't see him breaking his contract, whatever his contract is, I don't know exactly what his contract is, as far as I knew, he was signed on to do two, um, uh, Justice League movies, and they wanted him to do, sign on for, for three more movies, I never heard any sort of confirmation that he did sign on to do said movies, um, but you know, if he did not, then I don't see him doing anything past that. If he did, I do see him trying to get out of that. Um, but we'll see. You know, we'll we'll see what happens. I mean, it, I, I honestly I feel like it's all going to depend on how the next few movies uh, pan out, and you know what we get from them. Yeah, no, I agree with
0: you. And, I mean, we're basically getting uh, towards the end of our show. But, uh, you know, I I still have faith. I I definitely still have hope that they're going to get past this. I'm thinking that Ben Affleck's going to stay around and things are going to pick up, and he's going to have a reason to stay around. And a lot of this type of stuff has been either blown out of proportion or can be mended uh, within the company. Uh, But if not, maybe they do – you know, the second Flash movie can be uh, Flashpoint, and they can kind of reverse things. And for temporary time, we get Jeffrey Dean Morgan as Thomas Wayne until a couple of years where they can just transition maybe John Hamm as Bruce Wayne back into the mix from whatever happens in the story. and So it's not as jarring. But it's going to be really weird. It's like if Robert Downey Jr. left, uh, you know, during that negotiation process if they pick someone mm-hmm. else out. But, guys, we had one hell of a fucking show tonight. Let me just say that. Yeah. Like this is this has been a hell of a good show, and uh, many more to come. Um, before we get out, we got three minutes, twenty seconds. If you guys want to, I'm gonna let you guys say like a short goodbye or anything else, closing statement. So uh, obviously, Juwan, let me start with you.
2: Um. Yeah. No. Great show. I want to once again thank Ernie for uh, coming on and talking with us tonight. Um, Thanks, Ernie. He definitely he definitely gave us a lot. A, uh, a lot of knowledge On what's going on um, As far as the animated industry And everything But he did tell me To make sure I did mention Follow him on Twitter At E-J-A-L-T Backer Again that's E-J-A-L-T Backer On Twitter uh, Ernie Altbacker that's, that's his name He's following us So make sure you go follow him guys Absolutely Gerald
0: Thanks for joining us Towards the end of the show man
4: uh, say some closing statement. Yeah I'm sorry I got in late You know uh was out with my mom And then just got told to just call in late So um, But basically I, I basically called in early And I was listening to the show I didn't hit one But I, you know I heard everything And it was a great show tonight Definitely more shows to come So you know I, I hope you guys have a, a great night, and I would definitely be hearing you guys next Saturday. All right, thanks, man. Um,
0: Joel, how did you feel about tonight?
4: It was great. It
3: mean, we had a, it was one of the better shows we've done in a while, so I'm so I'm excited. It was really cool talking to Ernie. I have already followed Ernie on Twitter. Um, that's already taken care of. Um, I I was really good. I I can't wait for what we have in store for the future.
0: And um, let's do this again
3: next week. <laughs>
4: uh,
0: absolutely, Nick. Thank you for joining us second hour, man. Good talks.
5: Yeah, yeah, man. It was fun. I'm, I'm glad I got to uh, get on board with you guys. It's been a, it's been a couple weeks since I've been able to call in and and participate. It was a lot of fun, and you know, I'm just glad that we didn't have to talk about the uh, John Campia, uh, uh, <laughs> quote unquote, uh, news leak uh that he said was not a news leak um so that was that was cool i'm glad that wasn't one of our yeah. subjects cuz we 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 like to keep ourselves to a higher uh level of integrity than that and i i i'm very happy about that
0: well, I completely agree with you because, you know, someone says this might be a rumor and says it over and over again and then says it, that does not mean it's news. But thanks to all the clickbait websites out there for fucking everyone over, especially the people that don't understand the difference. But still, yeah. news in general yeah. nowadays. That is news in general yep. nowadays. But regardless, yep. great show. Clickbait really, culture. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was great. Uh, talk to all of you guys. Definitely check out my wrestling show uh, at Geeks. Alliance on Wednesday, I'm forgetting right now, at 8 o'clock, and always tune tuned to Geek Fives on Saturdays at 8. Thank you guys very much. Let the Geek Five be with you. Peace out, Yeah. Peace out. Adios. Peace.
5: Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Mini health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not
0: just hot flashes.